Hi and welcome to an extra Three Legs, Four Wheels F1 podcast. It's Paul here with... Sean. And Dan. Cut down team tonight, but that doesn't mean it's a cut down amount of news. It's been a bit of a day, hasn't it? It has. I think from, from like... From the time we got up this morning until just before starting this podcast, it's been a bit... Uh. Yeah, right. Um, shall we start in... I might as well do, go through this in chronological order, because <laughs> every, everything seemed to happen, sort of complete domino effect. First thing, the calendar came out for next year. Yes, and we were kind of expecting this, because it was about this time last year, and MotoGP put their calendar out yesterday, so it made sense. Um, and of course, F1 and MotoGP are meant to have this gentleman's agreement where there aren't, or clashes are kept to a minimum. It's not happened this time. Well, that's got to be difficult when you've got 22 races on the calendar. True. And 10 of those races clash with MotoGP ones. Ooh. And also, the Canadian Grand Prix clashes with Le Mans. Yes. Which, because uh, the Canadian Grand Prix is a week later than usual, um, or two weeks later, I can't remember which, because Zandvoort is going in between, is it Zandvoort? Someone is going in between Monaco and Baku is going in between Monaco and Canada because Zandvoort is going where Baku currently is. And Baku is back to back with Canada, which is almost 9,000 kilometres. Yeah, what's it, not eight time zones? Different like that. that. It's everyone's a crazy got to adjust to within, trip That's for seven not going to be easy. No. <laughs> that's going to be teams struggling with jet yeah. lag, isn't it? Yeah. Great plan. And Vietnam is after Bahrain. Yeah, third, third race of the season. Race. Kind of kind of screwed up the alph- alphabetical order of it because it could have gone Australia, Bahrain, China, then Dutch. It has done for a couple of years. but uh... yeah. Dutch and then Espana. And then put the French Grand Prix in there if you need to. Great Britain, Hungary, Italy. <laughs> Running out now. <laughs> um, yeah, seven, seven back to... Yes. <laughs> and K, get the finish race at the Kimi ring. Yes. Yeah. Different Kimi. Um, so, yeah, seven back-to-back weekenders. 20, 22 races. Biggest, mm-hmm. biggest F1 calendar yet. And because of this, testing has now officially been changed. Yes. Um, overall, losing one day of testing during the season between Barcelona and the post-season test in Abu Dhabi. Um, Barcelona test next year is going to be two sessions of three days each instead of the four days that it's been for the last few years. But the post-season young drivers, yeah, right, test, <laughs> is now going to be three days on the Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday after the last race of the season. It seems weird that they're cutting out so much testing. They're, they're almost getting to the point where you turn up to the circuit with a car and go, let's just hope this... Uh, turn up at Australia with your car and go, let's hope this thing turns on. <laughs> you mean McLaren, Force India... Um, Williams R- this Williams, year. Williams, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it, does, it does seem strange, but I, th- I think what, what F1 is saying is they want to cut down on the amount of time that team members are spending away from the families. I get that, but it seems strange to be making the end of season test longer because at that point you're learning stuff about a car that is about to go into a shed for all eternity. Especially this season, um, especially next season as well, sorry. Because, all right, as we discussed with Scarbs last week, 2020 cars are going to be an evolution, really, of this year's. But for 2021, if the new if the new rules come in, everything is going to be changed. Everything is going to be wiped clean. There isn't going to be a lot that will be carried over from 2020 to the new cars, surely. So, yeah, it's 
yeah, unless they're testing prototypes of new car parts on the current model, but I don't know. I don't get it. Yeah, I'm 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 not a hundred percent sure, but I I don't know what the answer is. So no. Um... <laughs> I'm sure F1 will tell us at some point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe the, the answer would be more free practice time that can be used as testing sessions and less, less actual testing sessions out of race weekends. But they've also been talking about cutting down on the amount of um, actual sessions during the weekend and only having one practice on a Friday and having the Friday morning for media half day, which they now do on Thursdays. So you could be losing out on one of the 90-minute Friday sessions as well. So it's going to be turn up at every race and hope the car works. <laughs> yeah, what, what worries me about this, about getting rid of testing, is it means that the dominant teams are going to find it easier to continue being dominant, and the ones behind are going to find it much more difficult to catch up. Yeah, because they're going mm-hmm. to have, have less opportunities. And yeah. And the, and the successful teams are the ones with the budget that have the best wind tunnels and don't have to pay someone for wind tunnel time. So, yeah, budget as well comes into it quite a lot, I think. Yeah, I think... I don't know. I think I think we need to hear more about this because F, F1 haven't officially put those out as part of a major release yet, but mm. this is what Auto Motor Run Sport have been confirming today. And, yeah, we trust them. Don't we? Yes. They are usually yeah, good. I believe they had the F1 calendar exactly as it is yesterday. So yeah, they seem to be in the know. Yeah. Right. So the next thing that happened while we're in the middle of the supermarket was uh, Mercedes' announcement about Bottas next year. Can I be smug, Erica? Called it. You were the only one. I know. The rest of us were all like, "Nope, he's gone. He's done." But somehow he uh, holds on. I don't think it's the most surprising thing they could have done. No. But they've done I, it for the last two years, and it's not really done much. So yeah, I still think looking at the points difference between when Rosberg was with the team and now Bottas is with the team, I think they could do better. Whether Ocon is that doing better or not, I don't know. But I I would have thought that having someone closer to Hamilton would be in their interests. It feels like they've got a free year as well to to put Ocon in and see if he is what everyone thought he was going to be or if he's not. Because I think we know what Bottas is. We know what he's about at this point. And is there much to learn from having him in the car for another year? Not convinced. No, but Mark Hughes from Motorsport magazine had three possible scenarios for why Bottas could be a good choice for Mercedes. One is the obvious that we all think that in 2021 they're looking at putting George Russell in the car. Mm -hmm. So they just want someone who they know will do the job to sit around and keep the seat warm for that year. Um, Another possibility is they are aiming at getting Verstappen in the car next year. So again, it's just keeping the seat warm for a year. The other thing he suggested could be a reason for going for Bottas is if they're looking at if Mercedes are looking at chucking Formula One in. Because 
why make any big changes if you're not going to be sticking around? Yeah, I mean, they are just about to launch the Formula E team. I can, mm. I can see, where he's, see where he's coming from on that, but... I don't think there's any particular rumours of Mercedes pulling out of Formula One at the moment. They were they, the ones that were around they, about the end of 2007, yeah, uh, 2017, start, uh, 2018. I think they, like everyone, have kind of empty-threaded it if they don't like the new regulations, just like everyone has, like, oh, we might quit. Yeah, I mean, for, for which, our... Which, from a business point of view, it's always an option to... Mm-hmm to say, right, this isn't working for us. You go for any business funding these days, and the f- one of the first things they ask you is, what's your exit strategy? So it's generally part of any business. But, I mean, having, having seen the Mercedes infrastructure firsthand and being told in no uncertain terms with the amount of money that they'd spent, they weren't they were in any danger of pulling out soon. I think that's the most unlikely of them. Yeah. Um. The George Russell one, we know, we know Mercedes' thoughts on George Russell. Um, He's one of their junior drivers. He seems quite quick. They've brought him into F one for a reason. Yeah, I mean, he won, uh, he won GP three, then F two in consecutive seasons. Yeah. So you know that they're obviously backing him to the hilt. I mean, um, they did that with Verline and Ocon, though. True. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they they rushed out of Verline into. F1 after he won DTM. They brought Ocon in after he won GP3. I think it was. Yeah, and they've neither of them have ended up in the car. And but I think speaking of Ocon... Yeah. <laughs> but we'll they have given that in a minute. <laughs> they have given George Russell a harder task. This is true. Because I think this this year's Williams is... I don't know, they gave Verline a manor. No, that's true. <laughs> Actually, they gave it to Ocon as well, didn't they? Yep. Yeah. They really like putting their uh, putting their young drivers through the ringer. Um, but yeah, speak, speaking of Ocon, um, multiple years at Renault. Mm, not a year-long loan, which I think is what was highly rumoured in advance. Um, yeah, I mean, um, Toto Wolff was saying he'd let him go out on loan to another team if they didn't have a seat for him. It was blatantly obvious that they didn't have another seat for him. But then again, is it a multiple-year loan? Because George Russell is still a Williams driver and he's on a three-year contract at Williams, which we all thought was two, but he's, he's been talking about three-year deals for the last week or so. So, could we see Mercedes deciding Ocon's future season by season? Possibly, or maybe like signs after he's been at the team for a while, he'll say, guys, I'm obviously not a Mercedes driver anymore. Can I just go my own way? Yeah, I mean, it, it, worked, it worked, well for, uh, worked well for Carlos Sainz, leaving, leaving Renner. And his Red Bull loan <laughs> deal. And, yeah. Um, goes to McLaren, has a different design on his helmet, different sponsors. Hot chocolate. Yeah. And Important. Yeah, very. <laughs> Especially in the winter. Yeah. And now, same, you know, he's, he's come out of it. He's come out of it okay. One of the drivers to survive the Red Bull meat grinder. Um, could Ocon go the same way? I mean, he, he, one thing that he was saying today was he grew up with um, as a part of the Enstone family. Because he was a test driver for Lotus. Yeah. Um, Renault backed him through his junior career, mm-hmm. which um, he was one of the big up-and-coming French drivers, obviously. So if any team's going to put money into him, then uh, you'd, you'd expect it to be them. And he, I think at one point he sort of likened it to uh, going home again. Um, but that leaves Hulkenberg. Yeah. 
not not too happy sounding and on the uh, the social media it was a bit emo wasn't it do you want me to find it Talk yeah i mean yourselves and i'll find it the, he posted a black and white photo of himself looking moody which is which is never a good start and um what was it he was going on about factors other than talent are involved in picking formula one drivers which I mean, is true, and everyone it, it, knows oh, that. Oh, yeah. I mean, right, the, right, right. there's money and nationality that comes into it, and Ocon's French and Renault are French. Uh, and there's age and things like that, and mm. your, your strategy as a team. So, it's a pity that the journey with Renault will end after the season, especially as we haven't been able to reach our goals yet. We had hoped to take another step forward this season, but unfortunately we haven't managed that so far. It's well known that the choice of drivers is not only about performance, it's a whole bundle of factors. But that's the way it is. Surely we would have all liked to see it differently, but nevertheless, I will keep my focus and try to reach the maximum success for our team in the remaining races. With regard to 2020, I'm confident to find a good solution, but there's nothing to announce at the moment. So there and we go. And you do not have just mixed in the sad Fernando music behind that. <laughs> <laughs> We've not had it for a little while. Why not? Yeah, sad Hulk. Um, yeah, he's... I mean... It looks like he could be going to Haas. I think um, Gunter Steiner has said that, or in an interview, was it yesterday, said that they were looking at, for, for Roman Grosjean's seat, they were looking at Grosjean, they were looking at Ocon, and they were looking at Hulkenberg. He reiterated this in the press conference today as well. Well, he's probably not going to get Ocon at this probably point. Probably not. <laughs> Doubtful. Unless he goes for a new engine. It's going to have to be a hell of an offer, isn't it? Unless (laughs) unless we're doing a jump cut tomorrow. Oh, Oh, God. God. Hashtag Friday news. (laughs) (laughs) We've never done one show on a Friday before. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so is it it a two-way French off? God, that sounds wrong. No, (laughs) because Ocon's gone to... Renault. Yeah, uh, yes, yes, <laughs> so is it is it a two-way scrap between Grosjean and Hulk that, now? That seems pretty much what I think. I can't remember who it was who asked Gunter Steiner about it at the press conference, but he pretty much said there's nobody else who's going to be out of contract at the end of the year that's going to come with more experience than Grosjean or Hulkenberg. So that rules out a return for Pascal Verlaine because at one point he was mm. um, he was being linked with the seat uh, through his Ferrari connections. Yeah. Well, I think a few weeks ago, Steiner said that they weren't looking at getting a rookie. And I mean, Verline wouldn't be a Verline rookie. Verline isn't strictly a rookie. He's had two seasons in Formula One, but then he's had a year out, hasn't yeah. he? Yeah. So, yeah, I think. Um, but then again, so is Ocon. And they were looking at him after a, after a year out. I suppose so, yeah. He's had half a season less than. Um, Verline, hasn't he? Yeah, because he came in mid-season to replace Harry Anto mm-hmm. when everyone found out that Harry Anto was A, useless, and B, skint. He did do very well in his, his first year with Force India, as they were then, and has still been involved a lot with Mercedes in their simulator, so he's not... Ocon, not Harry Anto. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What is Harry Anto doing these days? He's... he's I, I looked this up a while back and I can't actually remember the answer, but he's in some shitty series somewhere in... Is it, I want to say Super GT. I don't think it's Super GT. I think it's Sub Super GT. Adequate GT? No, it's. I think it's like... <laughs> I think it's like GT Asia or something along this neck of the woods. It's it's possibly a feeder series for Porsche Super Cup or oh, something Christ. of that neck of the woods. It's so he's not even not driving. Good. Jesus, right? That's 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 him sunk. Um, how do we, how do we think Ocon will do at Renner? Obviously, he's going in as number two driver. It will be interesting to see 
that relationship? Because was there not something a while back where Ocon barely even got in Ricardo's way and Ricardo had some very un-Ricardo-ish rant on the radio about how he doesn't like that kid's face? Yeah, there was something towards the end of last season, wasn't there? That does ring a bell, yeah. yeah it's very sort of un-Danny Rickish tone to take. So, will be, yeah. Yeah, that could be, that could be one to watch to out for. to see how that goes. Unless, of course, Danny Rick's on his way out. Don't forget, Ferrari and Under Red Bull contra- haven't announced what they're doing. No, 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 that was part of Renault's announcement today, was but- they announced their lineup. The headline was, Ocon is in it, but they <laughs> did also confirm, also Ricardo. Um, I mean, is he going in as a number two driver? I mean, we assumed that with Force India, and he didn't exactly stick to that script, did he? Um, uh, I think any driver is going to try and prove themselves against their teammate, whether mm-hmm. they're hired as a number two or not. And I think I don't think there's all that many teams on the grid who actually hire people to be a number two driver. Yeah. No. They might turn them into them mid-season because one is clearly doing better than the other. But there's only Ferrari at some points in their, in their history, really, that have said, you're number one, you're number two. Yeah. So, I don't think he's quite Danny Rick's calibre, but I don't think he's terrible, so I'd expect to see him sometimes beating him, sometimes a place or two behind. The thing is that they've got to, that Renault have got to get sorted out, though. They need a car good enough to actually be able to be in the position where they can number one and number two drivers. That just, would help. Just by dint of being able to get the car to the finish but and in the top ten. They've only had one or half half a wonky year. Last year they were doing all right. Year before that they were doing all right. Yeah, what was the, it? they went from fifth in 2017 to fourth in 2018. Yeah, this year they're disappointing, but that doesn't mean that next year's a write off. Yeah, you you've just got to you've just got to hope that they can actually build a decent car because I still don't think they fully know how it works. Mm. And. I don't know. Draw a line under this year and try and try and forget the struggles, which may which may work, especially if there's new blood coming into the team. Yeah, um, worked for McLaren. That is true, yeah. actually. <laughs> that is very true. Uh, right next on here, the announcement that didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> we think that Racing Point were all geared up to announce that Perez had got had signed a multi-year extension. Yeah, this has been rumoured for a little while now as well, hasn't it? That Perez is going to put his mark down on this long-term, tying him to... Um, Team Hawkins. Yes, that's the one. Sorry, I'm scrolling and talking <laughs> yeah. at the same time. I've lost my train of thought entirely. That's all right. Um, so, yeah, it, lo- it looked like they were all geared up to mm-hmm. uh, to make this announcement and then... Mercedes dropped the uh, dropped the Bottas confirmation and Racing Point come out with a tweet of... Yeah, so 13 minutes after the Bottas announcement, Racing Point tweeted, Seize announcement, deletes content plan for day, with a gif of Homer Simpson merging backwards into a hedge. <laughs> Do we think that's going to happen tomorrow? Um, well, they then tweeted, um, when would this be, two minutes after the um, Ocon announcement, they retweeted that tweet and put a little pointy arrow towards it, so... I suspect... I mean, Perez was in the press conference today. And it was awkward. It and was so awkward. Obviously had been lined up to talk about his new contract <laughs> and it didn't happen and he... Yeah. Yeah, the first question he got asked... Um, 
are we going to see you signing a deal? Um, um, I, 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 I'm working on my <laughs> Clearly future. Clearly, already signed it, but I'm not allowed to tell you. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's that's going to be Friday news. But we're not going to do a jump cut for that. We're just going to take it as read that it's already happened, unless it doesn't, and something completely blindsides us. God knows. It feels like it's going to be one of those weekends. Yeah, yeah. We're not doing another show until Monday. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but, but we are confident that Perez has resigned, or is there any chance that's not what the Racing Point news would have been? I can't imagine that. Uh, I think there's, there's any other outcome. Yeah, there's I mean, several rumours flying around and stories in the um, the less reputable press <laughs> that he has resigned. You mean the Daily that. Mail and the Express? You may think that. <laughs> I could not possibly comment. <laughs> Thank you, Francis Urquhart. <laughs> I mean, they have they have also retweeted a thing by um, team sponsor JCB today, who've done a special pink livery to JCB. But I don't think that's what they'd be too concerned about. Nah, and JCB isn't one of Perez's sponsors. It's he not. he comes with um, Lauren Stroll. Yes, uh, they have also as well um, tweeted since a picture of Perez, kind of with his hand in front of his mouth, looking a bit sheepish from the press conference. <laughs> Um, with the uh, caption this and the monkey emoji. So, so it, do, it does look like... Um, it's coming. Yeah, Force India, Racing Point. That's another fibre in the swag. <laughs> Racing Point will be staying as they are for next year. Um, what do we think? Good move? Bad move? Meh move? Difficult. I, I, I think it's a sensible move from their point, but a bit boring, isn't it? I mean, they, yeah. they were never going to get rid of Stroll, obviously. Stroll, um, Stroll's got that seat as long as his dad's got his name yeah. over the door. And think, as long as Ferrari and Mercedes aren't knocking on his door. So Stroll's got that seat as long as his dad's name's over the door. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, per- Perez, I think, is still the stronger of the two, although I think I think Stroll has more points because of his weirdy result in Germany. Um, but I think Perez has done the role nicely of be the more senior, but don't outshine the owner's son too much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's, he's in a difficult position, isn't he? Because if um, if he does too well against Stroll, mm-hmm. then slow down uh, and let Lance win. No, I <laughs> I honestly don't think anyone in that team will criticise him if he does well in races and if Stroll doesn't. I mean, the, the good the good thing about them having um, having Perez there is effectively they don't have to pay him. Because the amount of sponsorship he brings in, I think it's up to $15 million a year now. Jesus. So, just by dint of him being there, he's making a profit for yeah. the team. And, and you see it, don't you, when they go to the Mexican Grand Prix, how many billboards he's on and how just huge his How many different things market. he's advertising when they always yeah. show the uh, the video of the drive from the hotel to the circuit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's he's got he's got some... Decent, decent quality backers, and he is a good driver. Yeah, um, the car hasn't been great for him this year, but that's because they couldn't afford to start developing it until, well, this time last year. Yeah, I think they've got a new nose for Belgium, haven't they? Um, yeah, the, um, they've got rid of the nostrils for the first time since God, uh, when was it? They brought them in Belgium two or three years ago. Wow. In fact, I think the car, it was, I think it was three years ago because there were even um, there was still the beige team when they brought those in. Yeah. 
So, yeah, it's um, radically changed front end, which now looks like everyone else's. So, so radical, it's the same. <laughs> um, but, I mean, we all, we've always seen, historically, Force India have got stronger in the second part of the season. Um, obviously, things couldn't last year because the transition from Force India to Racing Point, the money struggles that they were in, and couldn't afford to get the parts made even though the upgrades had been designed. Well, they had a very good, very good Belgium last year. They actually took took us by surprise. Yeah. Well, points on the debut, wasn't it? Technically, yes, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think we'll, I think we'll see more from them this year. The, the only question mark I still think that's hanging over their heads is when are they going to teach Stroll how to get one lap pace? Yeah. We've, he se- is we've shocking. We've seen how well he can race because he's got he's got points, and even though he's only got out of Q one once this season, but he's still managed to find himself in the top ten. Mm-hmm. If he can, if he can start, I mean, it'd save it, him a lot of effort, wouldn't he? If he could start like tenth rather than having to overtake yeah. seven or eight cars if, to get there. you know he's starting in seventeenth and finishing eighth. Mm-hmm. If he can start tenth. Um, Seventh might not be out of the equation, yeah. or something in the top six. If one of the big three teams, as a mayor, drops out, rehires Gasly. <laughs> <laughs> I think one thing as well we've seen with with um, Racing Point this year is they do seem quite happy to to try a slightly out there strategy and see how that goes. That's how Stroll ended up with quite a strong finish in Australia, and how he ended up leading in Germany for a little while because they just were like, oh fuck it, what's the worst that can happen? Yeah. So, Serious question: Has Ruth Buscombe started working for him? Not that I know of. I think she's still. Well, I think we still see her with Sauber. I think Ruth Buscombe's strategies were only out there when, when it was Sauber and they were at the back, mm-hmm. because you weren't gonna manage anything if you were doing the same strategy as everyone else from the back. Yeah, true. Yeah, maybe Williams could have hired her for this season. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. What have we got next? Ah. Shall, shall we run through the teams and see who we know is staying next year? And, yes, uh, this seems like a good idea. And who are still unknowns. That is a good idea. Yes, because uh, uh, that was another thing that came out in the press conference today. There's been a little bit of uncertainty over Kevin Magnussen's contract situation. It was sort of reported that he had one for next year, but no one quite seemed to know. So Steiner was asked about it and said, yes, he is under contract doesn't mean he can't be sacked. Oh, it doesn't mean he can't be sacked. It doesn't mean someone can't buy him out of his contract, but he has a piece of paper. Um, Yeah, I I believe that to the extent I've actually highlighted him in bold on the uh, 2020 page. Good Lord. So, uh, right, McLaren were first to break. Yes. Yes. And nothing's changing. Lando and Carlos signed up for another year. I want to say technically Ferrari would have been first to break in that they already had two drivers under contract for 2020. They've not actually announced anything. They've not, but they are under contract for 2020. I mean, they are crap, at, they are crap at announcing things. But yes. they are good at showing pictures of drivers putting their helmets on. Did, did they say that Charles Leclerc had a two-year deal yeah. last year? Yes. Right, so... Yes, they do have two, two drivers under contract. There's rumours about Vettel's happiness and whether he'll still mm-hmm. be there, but for now we've got to assume that it's going to be Vettel and Leclerc. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right. Mercedes already sorted. Hamilton and Bottas. So no change. Red Bull. Max Verstappen has a deal next year. Yes. And now can't use his get out clause because... Because he's 
too it, good. It was widely believed that he had to be um, outside the top three at the summer break mm-hmm. for him to be able to get it. Which is practically in the top two. <laughs> yeah. He's, uh, he's closing in on second at an alarming rate. Conspiracy theory. Gasly has been deliberately shit so that he doesn't take points off his teammate. So that his teammate is in the top three. Uh, <laughs> no, I think he's just driven oh, that he car just, like he's never driven yeah, a car before. He might just be shit. In a bad way. <laughs> teammate. Well, well Bruno's, Bruno's, yeah. Bruno's got something to say about that. Probably going to be one of Album Gasly, Kvyat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Wilder Rumours, Hulkenberg. Yeah. Available. Even Wilder, even Wilder Rumours, Vettel's been mentioned a couple of times today, not yeah. just between us. I mean, they have they have taken back a former driver before now, haven't they? So. Toro Rosso is made up of former drivers. <laughs> this is true. Um, I mean, yeah, Al- Alban, ex-Red Bull program mm-hmm. um hartley hartley Kvyat. there's a few of them you know just just because they get rid of you once doesn't necessarily mean um yeah i don't know i mean i've, I've gone for on our predictions i've gone for alban right because i think he'll do well enough for the second part of the season to uh to claim the seat Sean... i i still think he's there for data gathering purposes, because they already know about Kvyat, so that they wouldn't really learn much by putting him in the car. But Albon is the the unknown quantity, so uh, I still think Kvyat could have the edge. I'm not entirely sure. They know about Kvyat driving against Ricardo mm-hmm. in a car from two years ago. Yes. They don't know about him in a Red Bull today. But they know about Ricardo versus Verstappen, and they know about Ricardo versus Kvyat, so they've probably got a vague idea. Oh, they'll have a vague idea, yeah. But yeah, Albon is the the more lesser known, if that makes sense, and it's not an entirely confusing pile of words. Well, the thing is, um, the twenty nineteen Kvyat is a different beast to the mm. um, any previous version of him. He's um, been completely broken and rebuilt. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's a lot more measured these days. He. Um, actually watches where he's driving rather than up the up the back of someone. Yeah, I mean, he went wheel-to-wheel with Albon, what, three or four times in Hungary, and neither of them ended up in a wall. I mean, he's, um, he's been battling Gasly this season. Yeah. Didn't wipe him out, which probably wouldn't have done his future employment prospects any, yeah, <laughs> any good. Or Gasly's for that matter. Um, it's, yeah, I mean, it's it's a tough one to call... I'm I'm still on still on the side of Alban keeping his seat. Kvyat, I still think will be in Toro Rosso, but oh no, I don't. <laughs> oh, I've got, where, I've got where have you? Where the fuck have you put Kvyat? I haven't. Interesting. I, I want to say, did none of us have Kvyat in Toro Rosso next year? I had him. I I've think, got him in Red Bull. I think I put him in Haas. Someone put him in Haas. That rings a bell. Because I, I do think he'll be on the grid next year. I think yeah. he's done easily enough for that. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure he'll stay within the Red Bull program. But that's wild speculation, and we're trying to deal with some facts here. <laughs> <laughs> so moving on, the next team on this list here is Renault, and that is now confirmed. Yep. Danny Rick and Esteban Ocon. Indeed. Uh, right, Haas, Kevin Magnussen, and TBA. Yes. 
as we've discussed, it could yeah, be... Yeah, we, we know roughly who's in the running. It, it's pretty much one or two, isn't it? Yeah. It's Hulkenberg or Grosjean. I would take Hulkenberg at the two. I think so, yeah. He's less likely to... Still not showing your prediction bill. from Kvyat, because that's the one that you sent. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, Racing point, Lance Stroll. And who will the second driver be? Technically, neither are under contract. <laughs> <laughs> so was Lance Stroll only there on a one-year deal? I guess he must have been. Oh, no, it's um, he, do- he doesn't have a contract. It's uh, take your son to work, millennium. <laughs> Um, it's it's going to be Perez. Is it? Yeah, we yeah. know we know the who nailed that's on. Be. Toro Rosso, the two that Red Bull don't want. That is, yeah, the t- uh, the two that Red Bull don't want are Yuri Vips, um, or Patricia Ward, or Sean. You've gone for Nick DeVries. Who is the only one of those three names you've mentioned that will has a vague chance of qualifying for a super license? Um, yes, because my other one that's got a chance of... Y- Yuri Vips has already got the point. We'll have the points mm. for it if he wins F3. I don't think F3 gives you 40 anymore, does it? I think no, it but he's got... Um, he won um, one of the Renault ones that gives him 10, and F3 gives you 30, I think. He will have... If he wins F3, he will have the points. Fair enough. Uh, I, I, did, t- I did look this... I will trust your maths on I that. I did look this up before I... Uh, <laughs> Before I put it down, an Autosport agreed with me as well because oh. they they uh, they put that in this week. Uh, right, Alfa Romeo. Kimi is signed for next year already. That was a yes. two-year deal. Mm-hmm. Although Chris seems to be still convinced it'll go to Ferrari when Vettel retires. And it... is convinced that Vettel will retire. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Kimi's there. Second car. Um, is, it, is this the one that we... Th- think Ferrari have some kind of deal that they can place someone there if they have someone available. Yes, because Kimi isn't the chosen Ferrari no. driver. He negotiated that deal all by himself, I mm. believe, completely independently of Ferrari. Um, so, if Ferrari have a driver, this is where we could see Verline. Yes. Not impossible. Could see Hartley, technically. He's got the experience. <laughs> WEC season kicks off this weekend at Silverstone, by the way. Uh, Toyota's going to win again. Yay. Actually, they didn't in Silverstone last year. They they um, damaged their floor for riding the curbs and got disqualified. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's still going to be... <laughs> the whole season is still going to be a walkover for the world's fastest Prius. <laughs> uh, yeah, second so, second car. Ferrari have the choice of the seat, and then if they don't get one... If you were Ferrari, would you put Giovinazzi in there? And what else are you going to do with him? Well, that's him. That's that's the thing. It's taking Mick Schumacher out of the equation because he will. He needs another year. He will only get the super license points if he gets a top four finish in F two, and that is not looking likely in the slightest. Even if he does happen to have the points for whatever reason, I think it's too soon for him. So you, you've got you got Giovinazzi or you got Verline. Which one would you rather put in? To be honest, I think I'd go for Verline. Giovinazzi hasn't really done much, has he? He's got a point and got a haircut. Haircuts are cool these days. <laughs> <laughs> I've had one recently. Yeah, yeah. Maybe last one for another five years. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't think Giovinazzi's done enough to 
to prove he should be in that seat. Unless, and we're veering away from what the lineup's going to be, mm-hmm. um, they do have a reserve driver that just happens to be in Belgium oh, yes, this week. Oh, yes, it brings us back to the news, doesn't it? Yes, yes. because, yeah, we, we heard this morning that um, Marcus Ericsson will not be doing IndyCar this weekend because he was summoned to Belgium. Uh, yeah, Kimmy apparently has a leg injury, which, in his words, he got doing sports because sports are dangerous. <laughs> should stick to drinking. Worst that can happen is a hangover. I, want, I mean, you can. I fall want Kimmy as Ferrari's press officer when he retires from racing. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Um, so there's nothing to say that Ericsson might not be back next year. It's not if, impossible if Ferrari decide not to use one of their existing drivers. I mean, they've they've pulled him out of a series quite late in the year in, in the IndyCar Penultima- series. Penultimate race. Yeah. A, a team... He drives for a team that have just got a huge new investor who may or may not be wanting to change their driver lineup, and they've, on a whim, because one of their drivers is a little bit banged up, pulled him out of that. So if he loses his drive, because Connor Daly, who's taking his seat, is quite good... It's a bit of a dick move on their part if they don't have something for him. Yeah, Connor Daly, who will be driving for his third IndyCar team of the year. He's pretty much the go-to, isn't he? For, oh, shit, someone didn't turn up. Who's about? It's <laughs> <laughs> going to be him or Serge Karam. Yeah. Um, yeah, because Connor Daly's already already driven for um, Team Chilton. I mean, Carlin. Yeah. yeah. And Andretti. Oh, and I was dri- Andretti the other and one. He, uh, he, was, he drove for Andretti in the Indy 500. He's driving for Andretti at Laguna Seca as well. Ah. Didn't know that until this morning. No, there you go. Um, so yeah, the se- the second alpha seat. Um, pick pick one of realistic realistically three. Although the Mick Schumacher fan brigade still want to say four. You never know. You could see Calamila in there if he has this sudden charge through the F two field. No, that's not. Gonna I happen. feel it's unlikely. Same mm. for who's the other one? One Manuel Correa is the other one that's been doing some testing with Sauber. Uh, yeah, him and Tatiana Calderon mm-hmm. were testing a 2013... Something like that, yeah. 2013 Sauber um, at Ferrari's test track. I wonder how Alfa Romeo got access to that. <laughs> I thought teams were very protective over their testing. And then that leaves Williams. George Russell, multi-year deal. Yeah. Uh, first year of a three-year deal, apparently. Second car... Um, Kubitz is there at the moment. He's making very non-committal noises about his future, and I'm I'm concentrating on now. He's done. I would be very surprised if they re-signed him for next yeah. year. He's he's not done enough to to be in that seat. However much money he brings, I think however much money he brings, I imagine Nicholas Latifi can get pretty close. Who's their reserve driver at the minute? Who will be driving the car in FP1 tomorrow? Oh, really? Yes. Oh, very good. So, so it'll be interesting to watch his times and compare them to mm-hmm. Kibitzas. Yeah. And assuming he wins F2, it's going to be him or De Vries um, wins F2. They're going to need a seat somewhere because they won't be able to stay. And I think, uh, and I think Williams is the ideal one for him. He's up, he's already the test driver, even mm-hmm. though his dad owns ten percent of McLaren. Is it twenty? I thought it was twenty. I a, could be wrong. A, a percentage of McLaren, which is still worth an absolute fuckload. Um, I still think we'll see Latifi in uh, in a Williams, hopefully a better Williams than this year. And just 
just to clarify my thoughts on the cubits of things, every time his name gets mentioned, Lee usually goes off on one for <laughs> at least half an hour. I don't think his lack of pace has got anything to do with his hand. I think his lack of pace has got a lot to do with the fact that he's just not um, driven machinery that fast since 2011, and he just he's just been out of it too long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I, I would agree, because if you think about the classic era of Formula 1, think about Senna, something like 300 gear changes going around um going around monaco your hand isn't on the steering wheel all that much when you're doing that many gear changes yeah obviously nowadays you've got flappy paddles so it's it's a bit different but you're still altering Mm -hmm. you're still taking your hand off the wheel and altering dials and you drive you drive with one hand a little bit less than you used to when it was a manual gearbox but it's still the cars are still designed to be driven with one hand, with another hand controlling whatever settings are on the wheel. Because I think on an F1 steering wheel these days, is anything up to twenty different controls? Something like that. Yeah. I remember when the F duct was a thing. Ferrari used theirs by like Alonso had like a pad on the back of his hand, didn't he? And he would like. Yeah, he had, to, he had to put his hand over a tube in the car. I think yeah. McLaren had it was the knee? it was the left knee. Yeah. But. Um, yeah, because I, w- I was watching something, actually. Autosport did a video. Of, um, no, sorry, it was F1. Did a video of the, um, what is it, some, something like the, the cheek, cheekiest upgrade attempt ever. <laughs> Obviously, the winner was the Brabham fan car, Yeah, as you'd expect. But yeah, the, um, the F-duct, and there was James Allen interviewing um, Luca de Montezemolo about, um, you know, if he's... Um, if he's got one hand over the F-duct and he's altering the engine settings with the other, what's steering? Is it his knees? And like, the car is being steered. <laughs> Not with. The car is being steered. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, so, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think he's struggling to control the car with one hand that's only got 20% of the movement, that, or is it 20 or 30% of the movement that he had in before. I think he is just not fast enough. Just rusty. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. because we, we see that, don't we, as well, with drivers that win F2 and then have to go and do something else for a year because the seat isn't there for them. Like Van Dorn, um, Jolien Palmer was another one who disappeared for a couple of years and came back. Um, I guess maybe you could argue that about Gasly. When Alonso came back after um, after his year as Renault test driver, he still all right. He was quick, but he still wasn't mm-hmm. as quick as he could have been because he'd just been used to testing and not actually racing. And the decisions that you're having to make when you're doing a testing session, as compared to doing a racing session, are completely different. As every driver has said, you know, I'm I'm quoting other quotes here, mm. and. Yeah, I think it's just the long. I think it's a case of the longer you spend away from doing something, the worse you are when you get back to it. Damn, we both play guitar. Yep. Um, take six years off playing guitar and then start again. You're coming in. You're gonna not sa- not a grand zero, but you're gonna sound a bit bag of spanners. Yeah. <laughs> it, it takes time to get back to anywhere close to where you were. Yeah. And I think that's ju- that's just been the case with Cubitsa and. Of course, he's not coming back to exactly the same car. It's evolved every year since then. And, so. and things like fitness levels, he's not as young as he was when he came in the first time. So the gym sessions aren't going to be doing the same thing as they did the first yeah. time round. So yeah, I, th- I think I think it's just it's just a case of it's just a case of age and time away that's done it, and it's nothing 
nothing to do with uh, nothing to do with his accident in his hand. I'm really glad he got the chance. I'm upset that he wasn't able to to do anything with it. Yep, still think the movie ends with uh, the visor coming down and the lights going on in Australia. Yeah. That is the ideal time to finish hey, it. Until an appeal is heard, he still has a point. <laughs> some some may say shenanigans, but yeah. when uh, when is the Alpha appeal? Is it middle of September? I think it's after the Italian Grand Prix. Ah, so I only think... about only about uh, ten days. Yeah, I think it's the week after that. I think it's like the Tuesday or the Wednesday after that. Because of course we are we are on back to backs. Uh, right, that just leaves the last thing on here, which we've already talked about, which says Hass and Steiner's interest in K Mag. Yeah. Uh, well, his interest in K-Mag has contract. That is true. No, his, inter- his interest in Hulk. I yes. do apologise. One thing we didn't talk about when we were talking about Hulk and K-Mag and Hass is their relationship. <laughs> I think... I mean, that ha- that has been... K-Mag has been making sort of conciliatory noises towards Hulk recently about um, everyone on the grid's actually really good and sometimes you say things in the heat of the moment. Like, yeah, suck I think my the- balls, honey. <laughs> There was one incident, wasn't there? <laughs> it was an incident that inspired some flags and posters and yes. banners and stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it was one thing and possibly got blown out of proportion as people on the internet tend to do to yep. things. But it's the kind of thing, if you're going to say it on live TV in front of a global audience, is going to get blown the fuck out of proportion. Yeah. But, I mean, this was in response to Hulkenberg calling him the dirtiest driver on the grid, was it? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, they're, they're good friends. <laughs> yeah, some, some, something tells me that um, if it is a if it is K Mag and Hulk in the team next year, um, Gunter Steiner will uh, point out on the first day back after the winter break where the naughty step is and the fact that he doesn't expect either driver to be seen sat on there, otherwise there will be trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds sensible. Would you Would you want to get the full um, naughty step treatment from Steiner? Christ, no. <laughs> <laughs> Stick to looking like a rock star. Uh, right, that is about everything that's happened today. Ah, for now. For we not th- missed anything in the last half hour or so. Uh, what are we on? Nine o'clock. Oh, God, hang on, there's tweets. <laughs> um, is it tweets about the fact that we're doing a bonus podcast? Mostly, yes, we, actually. <laughs> we haven't mentioned that the whole Rich Energy Part 2 thing is... Uh, that was, yeah. Yeah, that's... that kind of happened just before we started recording. Um, Formula Money tweeted that they tweeted copies of the documents from Companies House in the UK that William Story, the original Rich Energy hair and beard guy, has now bought Lightning Volt back, which is the company that Rich Energy Limited changed to when all the shit went down in season one, um, and is now director of them again. Um, so it looks like we could have Rich Energy the sequel. Yeah. Just when you thought it was safe to go into your local drink shop, you probably still won't see any. (laughs) (laughs) Um, what do you reckon? Things going to kick off again this weekend? I, I don't know. I assume if he's bought back in, that means someone's backed him and he's obviously got some support coming from somewhere. I think possibly one to kind of let it play out. See where yeah, it we'll we'll keep an eye on this because if if it turns out that there's another shitstorm of tweets over the weekend, we'll um, we'll be. Uh, oh, we'll we'll, be t- I'm sure we'll notice. Yeah, we'll be we'll be taking a look at that. But um, yeah, if you um, 
want to get the details on that, uh, have a look at Formula Money on Twitter, which you will find at Formula Money. And I, I think there was... Does what it says on the tin. I think there was um, a bit of not exactly news this morning about Haas and Rich Energy saying that they would be clarifying what the position was with the Rich Energy sponsorship at some point soon. I'm just trying to find those tweets, but obviously you, quite a lot's happened today. <laughs> you, can, you can see how today's gone that we've actually managed to put this together completely on the fly. I mean, technically, we should be sat in the pub doing the quiz about now. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, the, the directors of that company now are the same two that were directors of it before all the change happened about a month or so back. <sighs> so, plus a change. Um, right, since we're having a bonus podcast... Uh, be- before the Singapore Grand Prix, has expect a final decision on the future of title sponsor Rich Energy. That's that a story sounds... on motorsport. Ah, that right. sounds plausible. Yeah, we trust them. So we're doing a bonus podcast. Do you two fancy a bonus total shunt? Do we have any say in the matter? Well, you can say no. <laughs> when were you born? I'll still do it. I'll still do it anyway. Go right. on. I am going through the ones that have been sent, and I'm going to go for. I'm going to go for this one from. Let's have a look. Kent, England. Kent, England. Is that the person's name? Or where the tweet's from. Hi, I'm Kent, England. (laughs) Um, It's it's his name on email. Cool. Um, Strong name. Kent, England, from the US. Ah. (laughs) Brilliant. I was born. Good. Correct start. In 1936. Okay, going back a little bit. Okay. Okay. I was born in New Zealand. My father was a World War One hero, hero, hero. Yeah, hero, and recipient of the Victoria Cross. So we're looking in the Brabham kind of age. Possibly. And my first Formula One season was 1965, and I will need a guess. I have no advance on Brabham. Let's let's guess at Brabham we'll then. Go for go some for, Brabham. Going for Jack Brabham for mm-hmm. your first one. Okay. Um, I was the first F1 champion to pass away of natural causes. However, this was under unusual circumstances. Oh, um, no. Um, hang on. Their first their first season was nineteen sixty five. Yes. I'm going to wait and see where this goes, but I would contest that. Because Mick Hawthorne died in the f- in not that long after he won his F1 title of like some weird degenerative organ disease. I can't remember exactly what. Next clue. Uh, I raced for two teams over the course of my F1 career. Doesn't necessarily uh, yeah. advance. I, I have any. no advance on <laughs> either Brabham or Hawthorne. Okay, and I was a friend and teammate of Bruce McLaren. That was the chair, by the way. That wasn't me. <laughs> and I will need a guess. Could this be a Phil Hill? 
no idea, I'm afraid. My <laughs> my knowledge of 60s Formula One is... Yeah, I'm a bit is, generally... Yeah. Phil, is Phil... Right, I always get confused with Phil Hill. Is he Kiwi or is he American? I thought he was American. Right, scratch that. Yeah, I think... I am just pointing out that Sean would have got this at least five clues ago. Yeah, yes. well... <laughs> If, if not Last time I did one. a total shunt against Sean, I beat him. So. That is true, actually. That is true. <laughs> that was the last time Sean did a total shunt as well. <laughs> but I will need an answer unless you want to bin the guess. Do you have any kind of advance or any? No. Yeah. Bra- um, Brabham or Hawthorne? Yeah, we'll just Hawthorne? kind of... Ha- Hawthorne, Hawthorne was champion in 58, so he would have debuted before 65. I'm pretty sure he was dead by 65. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's very easy to go for a guess for someone you know it wasn't. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're ruling every driver out one by one. Yes. Shall we just, yeah, proceed? Proceed with yeah. seven. I was part of both of Brabham's Constructors' Championships. I, st- I feel like I, Brabham is too I, obvious. <laughs> Though it could be something to throw us off there. Mm. I'm saying nothing. Shall we stick with Brabham? Yeah. I competed in the Indy 500 four times, but never finished better than fourth. I'm not up on um, no any kind of Brabham Indy record. Um, in fact, from that kind of era, the only people I probably know about are ones who finished better than fourth. Which is non-helpful. Jim Clark is the only one I could think of. Graham he Hill. Graham Hill, it. yeah. Um. Carry on. Yes. Okay. Um, I competed at the 24 Hours of Le Mans three times, including a class win in 1961. That means he won his class, wasn't it? Oh, oh he's it's won. Class, class win. It, it might have been a class win. Class win. <laughs> Um, Unless you're telling us it wasn't. (laughs) I'm just reading what it says on here. Bearing in mind, like I say, I think this guy's from the US because he's got an American phone number on on his email signature. I don't think it's a class win, as they'd say over here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I'm still struggling a bit. None of these clues are narrowing it down for me. I feel like I'm getting further away. And question 10. There is a spaffer after Good, this one, we're should, you, need uh, it. should you need it. I've got to tell you now, we're no, going to need it. Question 10, the non-spaffer. I was part of the 1966-24 Hours of Le Mans finish line debacle. Are you familiar with that debacle? I am not familiar, I am not with, familiar any, with that debacle. any Le Mans debacle. I know of a Mick Hawthorne-based Le Mans debacle, but that's why they don't race in Switzerland still. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want the spaffer? Yes. Which apparently, according to Lee's rules, now means you've conceded defeat, doesn't it? Because yeah, points. For the I, I, I think any rule that is according to Lee is questionable at best. That is true. So half a point for the spaffer. Mm-hmm. This is monumentally easy, and if you don't get it from this, well, I I know that at least half of our listeners have already got the answer. Yes. Yeah. Because they're smart people. <laughs> Especially the Patreons. They're the smartest of people. (laughs) Definitely. Spaffer. 
Mine and Bruce McLaren's success in the American Can-Am series was referred to as the Bruce and Denny show. Oh, okay, so this will be Denny Hume. It will. Good. Thank you for that Fucking one, Ken. I was yeah. like the only person from we, that era we didn't mention along the way. We were nowhere near that until the end. <laughs> Uh, yeah, a bit of a bit of a bit of a bonus shunt. If you want to send one in for the normal Monday shows, then drop Lee a PM on Twitter at a total shunt. Or if you want to top the reserve pile up for shows when Lee's not around or emergency ones like this. Or if you're just scared of Lee having your contact details. Always a threat. Uh, send it to three legs four wheels at gmail.com. Uh, in the meantime, tweet us at three legs four wheels or at Sean Cowper. Or at Dan Dankleton. At Pablo100. Chris is at Flood21. Lee is at Total Shunt. Um, get us on Instagram, at Three Legs Four Wheels, and the same on Facebook. And just to plug the Patreon show, um, extra show that we do every Monday before, usually before, sometimes after the main pod, containing crap, tangents, and usually something cool, usually a cool track at the end of the, uh, at the, end of the show. Usually a track at the end of the show. I pick them, they're cool. (laughs) (laughs) You can get that by going to patreon.com slash three legs four wheels. Right, um, we'll do another show on Monday unless everything else goes to shit over the next couple of days and we get more bizarre news. We'll just leave the podcast gear set up here. Sounds sensible. I doubt that because the cats will get at it. That is a fair point. But um, And also, don't forget, I'll be doing the live qualifying blog on Saturday and Dan, you'll be here for I'll the race. race blogging, yep. Sean, you'll I'll also be, be here, here for the I race because you live here. And uh, Chris will be joining us as well. So I've got threelegsportwheels.com. Join in, with the, uh, join in with the chat on the live race blog. I just want to correct because I double-checked. Um, Hawthorne was terminally ill, but he died in a crash. Ah, Nice morbid way to finish. Yeah, things. cheery. Uh, right, on that note, um, we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Mm.